This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Amazon has become the Goliath of the retail sector for a variety of reasons, but one of the things that isn't discussed much is the benefit they have received from something that has helped their sales process. Yet it is something that it's about to see its patent run out. It is the one-click patent, which was somewhat controversial when it first came out. If you go shopping on Amazon, you want to pick out a product, you get ready to purchase it, you'll see buy one click on there. That's exactly what we're talking about. But now that the patent is expiring, what is next? Polk Wagner is a law professor here at the University of Pennsylvania. He joins me in studio. And on the phone with us is Thomas Yachko, who is an economics professor at Michigan State University, as well as associate dean of graduate studies. Polk, as always, great to see you. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Tom, great to have you with us today. Thank you very much. Good morning. So I gave a little bit of the background on this, Pope, but go a little deeper as to how this first came about and some of this, as I mentioned, some of this controversy that was kind of out there when, when Amazon first got into this. Sure. Well, the, the one-click patent is, as you suggested, a patent basically on a mechanism for ordering without having to re-enter your payment. Uh, information or even your address in many cases. And Amazon, um, quite early in the world of electronic commerce, figured out, um, not that it was any big surprise, of course, that this was going to be a particularly valuable way to interface with their customers. And, And they went and they patented it. Now, the controversy that surrounds it Um, is that this was in the late 90s in an era uh, when there was obviously a huge rush towards electronic commerce, towards um, new uh, business models and so forth. And many uh, of these new business models, new methods were being patented Mm -hmm. at this time or being attempted to be patented. Um, And this is the Amazon one-click patent is, you know, perhaps the best known, maybe not quite the best known, um, but one of the best known examples of uh, what might be generally described as a business method patent. Because rather than a patent on any particular piece of equipment or machinery or anything like that, or a chemical compound, um, it's a patent really on a particular process uh, by way one uh, by way one does business. Uh, And so it's the one-click checkout system. Um, and that's been controversial. Business method patents have been controversial. There's been many calls for them to be um, completely disallowed. Um, other people think that they're fine in the sense that they are um, the subject of a lot of innovation and research and, and effort that companies put into it. And like any other area of uh, innovation, we generally allow patenting. So that's part of the controversy. Um, it has a little bit of a, a famous um, uh you know, it hasn't been used much um, yeah. uh, in terms of litigated, but the initial time it was litigated was relatively famous because Amazon, um, in my view, rather cleverly um, didn't sue their primary rival at the time. And there was a rival to Amazon in the early days. <laughs> you might remember BarnesandNoble.com. Yes, yes. It did exist. People um, forget that Amazon really was was driven at t- at a time by book sales. Yes, and this was there was you know at this point at least a pretty important question about who was going to do well uh, in online book sales. Uh, Amazon files loss, a lawsuit in November uh, against uh, BarnesandNoble.com, who was attempting to implement the one click strategy as well. Um, they managed to get a temporary restraining order, a preliminary injunction, 
on barnesandnoble.com um, that, that hit, my recollection, is somewhere right around after Thanksgiving, yeah. uh, right in the heart of the Christmas <laughs> the worst book time. sale season, <laughs> requiring barnesandnoble.com to take their site down and redesign it um, in the span of a couple of weeks, which didn't work very well. And, and many people look back to that as a real inflection point in terms of Amazon's growth trajectory, because from then on, it really never had a serious rival in book sales. And of course, as we all know now, they have expanded well, well beyond book sales. So, uh, Tom, when you think about the, this uh, one click, uh, the question being uh, brought up by, I guess it's been brought up for quite some time, is whether or not Amazon should have been granted this patent in the first place. What are your thoughts on it? Well, it's a bit tricky. Personally, I actually uh, I'm, I'm more in the camp of people who are uh, doubtful about uh, uh, business methods patents in general, but also specifically in a case here. But um, I also want to be careful, though, not to be ahistorical. One of the thresholds that has to be showed in the context of, of a patent is that uh, your innovation is non-obvious. And nowadays, with uh, uh, online shopping being so ubiquitous and, and everybody knowing about Amazon and, and iTunes, where the one-click patent is in effect, um, people take it for granted and find it rather obvious that this is a way to do business. Um, and maybe that wasn't quite the case uh, back then, so I can understand that. What was What's interesting to me is that apart from the suit uh, that you – uh, just mentioned that Polk was talking about uh, with Barnes and Noble. Um, there's not been litigation of this particular uh, patent, as far as I know, and that case was also settled. And the settlement yeah. terms were never disclosed, so it's really not known whether, while the patent was clearly granted, whether it would have held up in, uh, uh, in legal scrutiny in, in uh, cases. But- in the- uh, uh, court of law. But it was interesting when when reading about this, uh, the conversation surrounding other retailers and their want to use this type of technology, Apple basically said, you know what, um, we're not going to even challenge it. We're just going to get a license for it and, and use it ourselves. So, I mean, in this case, Apple really kind of played off of Amazon with the use of this many, many years ago. That was also a tremendous boost, I think, for uh, for Amazon to have Apple essentially just recognize the patent. But there again, we uh, uh, it's a it's a tightly kept secret how much um, they're actually paying uh, for the uh, license um, to be able to use the one click and Apple iTunes Store and all the other uh, Apple uh, stores now. So we don't really know how much the economic value of the patent is in terms of uh, licensing. And I think the value of the patent to Amazon is precisely in the other area that you touched upon, first in in really hamstringing rivals. And that, I think, is really the the great value that that the patent had for, um, for Amazon. I think uh, you know the the decision by Apple to license uh, the one-click patent for all of its um, online properties was, I think, as important, if not more important, to Amazon than it was to Apple. Um, obviously, Apple wanted to be able to have um, a similar system where you just click, you know, to download an iTunes song and it automatically charges you without any further intervention on your part. That's a really good thing. You can see sure. how that makes your your um, your song catalog a much more valuable and easy interface. On the other hand, the fact that a major company who was investing billions of dollars in the area of electronic commerce decided that it wasn't going to fight 
Uh, and Apple does fight. Apple oh, yeah. does fight <laughs> yes. when it thinks that it has a, a patent dispute um, and uh, and are known to be, you know, very, uh, very good when it comes to evaluating IP. So nobody knows uh, what the financial terms of that license uh, is. It may, in fact, not be very much or it may be nothing at all. And in fact, the, it might almost go the other direction. So yeah. we just don't know. But it is it is unquestionable that, that that decision by Apple to license the one-click patent was a major moment in electronic commerce. It really signaled um, both that Apple was serious about getting into the e-commerce game and really playing uh, at a high level and signaled to all the other people involved, all the other firms involved, that, that they should probably take this one-click patent seriously. So this patent expires today, September 12th, 2017. Uh, what happens now? Well, in theory, the anyone can use it. Yeah. So this is this is one of the primary benefits of the patent system is that after the expiration date of the patent, um, you can use it. And I would not be surprised at all if there aren't many um, shopping cart systems that are you know ready to be turned on uh, as of midnight um, when this patent is expired. This happens all the time in the pharmaceutical industry. We yeah. know, for example, yeah. that trucks literally roll off the loading docks <laughs> yeah. uh, at midnight. So. Um, this is, you know, something we'll see. The thing that I think is, is interesting here is that the insight that both Amazon and Apple had early on, and I think earlier than most, was that it's not so much the user interface that turns out to be super important uh, in this, meaning sort of the one-click item. It's getting people's stored yeah. credit card address and other financial information stored into your database so that then you can use it and leverage it across a bunch of different properties. And I think you can look at both Apple and Amazon to see that they've done that incredibly successfully, right? They have made it possible to very easily, if you have an app on your phone, you want to buy something in the app, Apple says, hey, we already have your credit card. Just push Good to go. Push OK, and it's done. Same with, with Amazon, right? I mean, Amazon now... I mean, I just saw this week that they're doing, you know, handymen can come to your house, for yeah. example, right? How do you do it? Click one button and it's already all done, right? Oh, yeah. So they know where you are. They know everything about you. That insight, I think, has been really important. And I think that, you know, it's it's one of these things that in hindsight looks really obvious, but I'm not sure at the time that people realized how important it was going to be to get people's information, store it, keep it. And, and then once you have 40, 50 million people's uh, financial information, you can really sell them a lot of stuff because yeah. um, people like the convenience of being able to order anytime, anywhere, anything they want. Tom? Yeah, in fact, I think that for, for Amazon, that was uh, really critical. Uh, the role it played at the beginning, especially versus Barnes & Noble, uh, was one thing and, and, and really important. But the subsequent growth that it enabled Amazon was also really critical here. And I think what happened here, just as you say, once you have this all on file, what it also means is once they opened up and became more of a platform rather than a, than a uh, reseller or a retailer of books, once they opened up, to become more of a marketplace. At that point, it was really critical for anybody who wanted to do business on either end of Amazon to know that they had this large database that they would uh, be able to give you access to a large number of customers, uh, literally with one click. And that really also uh, managed Amazon's growth in, a mar in, in the uh, broader retailing sphere, online retailing sphere, uh, where others um, had trouble catching up or, or uh, uh, actually gaining a foothold. I, I guess it's interesting, and, and going back to something you were talking about before, Polk, is that 
if you go back to the 90s when they were putting this together and then they were filing for the patent and you said this was part of a, a process of a variety of different things, this was so much, you know, thinking far out into the future. This was not, I mean, obviously there was an effect as soon as the patent was approved and they could use this, but this was the process of thinking 30, 40 years in advance, which if you go back at the beginnings of the internet, I don't think there were many people out there that even considered that. They were so concerned about, you know, what the internet is today and they're not thinking that far ahead. Well, true, but let's, but let's you know, to take a, a slightly different tack and to let's think about this. Is it really that innovative? As many people have okay. noted, Right. The idea that you could, for example, check out by simply identifying yourself yeah. is not a particularly new concept. If you belong, for example, to a private club, what do they do? They have your fi your payment information on file. Right. Right. You walk up to a to a, a checkout uh, counter or whatever and you say who you are, maybe give a member number or something like that. Boom. Checked out. One step. Right. Yeah. Same thing. So many people say these patents this sort of class of patents in the late 90s, the business method patents, really turn out to be old stuff applied to the internet. Now, okay. yes, it's very important and it's very forward thinking to say, hey, it's, you know, this one click, this easy checkout system could be applied to the online era. And that's, I mean, no doubt that is creative. Whether that's truly sort of meeting the, the bar for patentability, I think is open to question and mm -hmm. debate. Personally, I think it probably does, but it's close call. Um, you know, there are other ty similar types of patents, the reverse auction online patent, the price line patent, right? So this idea that instead of, um, you know, instead of, instead of bidding in a typical auction that you would instead, you know, offer, you know, people would come to you with offers, right? Yeah, so right. sort of the reverse auction. Reverse auctions had been around for decades. They had never been implemented on an online sort of network system. And so is that enough to make it innovative? And I think one of the critiques you hear often um, is that this class of patents in the late 90s from, say, about 1995 to about 2000 um, involved a lot of business method patents that were really just old methods of doing business as applied to this new technology, mm -hmm. this new medium. And the question really is, is that innovative enough? Is there something enough in that innovation or uh, to make it patentable? Or would people have done this anyway? Right. The argument yeah. is another question here that that does matter in, in this space is what exactly is the scope of the patent or what's the breadth of the patent? Um, as you noted, for instance, actually, in fact, reverse auctions have, have been around in procurement for, for uh, centuries, so it's really not anything new. And then, then the question really arises, uh, is just applying it to an online space sufficiently innovative, or is it really that you're talking about finer details of how to code it uh, or things along those lines? And when these things aren't litigated, the exact scope or breadth oftentimes will remain somewhat uh, amorphous or ambiguous, and I think that's been the case also with the one-click, which brings me back to an earlier question you asked, what's going to happen tomorrow uh, with on online retailing? And I'm not sure that that much is going to change, because I think um, there has been uh, some work around uh, in this space uh, around the one-click. Think of, for instance, uh, uh, Google's uh, autofill uh, features and, and these type of things. Um, and I think there are a lot of retailers uh, that might actually be using what is from the consumer's interface, a one-click technology uh, that 
the retailer might think is not actually in violation of the patent. So I'm, it remains to be seen what what will happen next. But I think it's clear that what has happened in the past, this patent played a very large role, not just for Amazon, but also for the evolution then ultimately of on, online shopping. Which is interesting, actually, a comment that we got on, on Twitter from one of our listeners uh, at RIP City Jeff. He, he notes, uh, Tom, that you know almost every website I pay on has the ability to save payment information, insurance, pharmacy, cable TV, credit cards, whatever it might be. So, how, you know, how much difference are we really looking at potentially in the future? Doesn't sound like a ton. Yeah, personally, I don't expect to have any any new experiences uh, in that particular space where things become more interesting. And I don't know whether the one-click patent would, would have been or could have been implicated in this is when you start thinking about the Internet of Things. And this is also an area where Amazon itself is, is quite innovative with their, for instance, their so-called dash button, where you uh, have a, a, a widget, basically, where you can literally click a button and reorder uh, some consumable that you uh, uh, have run out of. Um, I think they have it for washing detergent and many other things like yeah. that. And when you start thinking about your refrigerator talking to your smartphone to tell you what to buy when you happen to be exactly at the grocery store, um, at those in those instances, you can also see that a lot of things might become much more automated. And and whether that's one click or not, I think it's the next generation for sure of one click. Well, realistically, uh, Polk, I mean, it may not even be one click anymore. It's it's almost one voice. When you think about the Alexas of the world sure. out there and, and the Echoes and, and all of that, where you can just say to your voice assistant, hey, I need to get blah, 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 and it's done. So, right. I mean, it makes you wonder if the one click is going to – it may always be there, but the reliance on it may dwindle in the years to come. Oh, I think it's absolutely dwindled, uh, dwindled already. I think that, you know, as as both the commenter from online noted and and – as has just been stated, this is this is something that has been surpassed in a lot of ways. I think when we write the history of of electronic commerce, where the one click patent fits, is not so much um, in that it it sort of continues on and we still sort of use that technology. It's that at that moment in time, what it did is it allowed Amazon to create a very strong position in the market, right. and most importantly, it, it allowed Amazon to really show customers that there was a good reason to give them all of their data and the permission to charge them on this sort of incremental um, as-on-demand basis, which has then opened up an enormous amount yeah. of uh, other avenues for Amazon to um, to inv involve themselves in commerce. And I think, yeah. you know, generally has really changed the way we think about about doing business. So which, it, that's, I think, what the real legacy of the one-click patent is. It, it's interesting, Tom, because when you think about it and, and the build-out of the, uh, of the Internet – I mean, this is this is truly. I mean, the connection with the consumer is one thing, but it's the connection and the trust of the consumer to work with you in the past, which obviously is something that we're still concerned about, even here in this day and age. I mean, heck, you know, there are a lot of people that are worried about their information from the Equifax breach. So, I mean, you you know, you've got a lot of you know, to be able to build that trust up. 25 years ago, it's not really a surprise that Amazon was able to build out the way that it was. No, but that that is exactly a critical point. When, uh, um, especially in the beginning of online retailing, there was a question of of trust much more broadly, right? People did not know whether you could actually, you know, you're buying something you can't actually touch it, you don't see it, you're not talking to anyone about it, you're not actually exchanging cash or even have them see them swipe a credit card or anything. 
so the notion of on to online um, retailing was had hurdles uh, that it, that it had to um, cross, and one of the things that matters there uh, importantly is is scale, reputation, branding, and all of these things were greatly facilitated for Amazon. That's why uh, that then builds upon itself. That once you have uh, critical mass, it starts snowballing. Others, uh, you know, you had good experiences there. Others know that everybody else is using it, so you're also going to be using it. So that was definitely something that was in- incredibly important for uh, for Amazon, and then allowed it also to easily expand into all these other areas that they're active in now. Um, again, you know, this was uh, started off as a as a book uh, reseller, or book uh, retailer, uh, and and only. Uh, uh, Later became into turned into what uh, we now see, with them. In fact, with the most recent uh, announcement of buying Whole Foods, uh, now actually becoming active in the brick and mortar space. Even Paul. So one of the other things that is interesting, and and one of the things I talk to my students a lot about, is that the Amazon one-click patent expires today, um, but the Amazon has a has a uh, trademark on one-click uh, for methods of online shopping. And that lives on, and trademarks can go on forever. As long as Amazon continues to invest in that and use it in commerce, they can continue to have that. So even though the patent is maybe gone, the ability of Amazon to sort of brand and to build the trust um, and to keep the trust with their customers. So when you see that, for example, button on your screen that says, buy this with our one click, um, you know, right? You know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly... Uh, what company you're talking about, um, and I think that has has real important benefits that are that are really difficult to measure. And I would argue that almost certainly that one-click trademark is, in the long run, if it isn't already, going to be a far more valuable property than the than the one-click patent. But, but the fact that that Amazon has gone this far with this level of success uh, of using the one-click and having the personal data of all these millions upon millions of consumers. And kind of alluding back to what I was saying a second ago, we're in a day where we hear about breaches almost, what, every week? In some cases, we'll go on a run where we hear them uh, day after day after day. Uh, and, And to continue to have that trust with consumers also goes to talking about the operational success that Amazon has had in terms of you know, protecting people, protecting their consumers over the years for the most part. They have. They've done an excellent job um, to date in implementing this technology. It seems to work, at least in my experience, every time. Um, it's, uh, you know, reliable. It And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a, a significant sur- security breach, which, of course, as you noted, is a major problem. So I think that that's absolutely a part of yeah. it, and that goes to the branding, right? So now yeah. – They've built up all this trust and this goodwill in the one-click trademark um, brand, and that's going to live on. And doesn't really matter what happens to the patent. Uh, the one-click uh, brand is going to be, I think, a really important asset for Amazon. Tom? Yeah, I think even people that uh, have security concerns, um, when it comes to Amazon, that's not tied to uh, worry about the credit card information. Uh, it's much more likely tied to the fact that uh, uh, large purchase histories are are on file there. They know a lot more about you than uh, you might think, right? Which is also why they can make. Which is you know, there's a trade-off there. Uh, people get uh, recommendations from Amazon as to what to potentially buy, and that can be based on what your purchase history is. And now that uh, when you interact with Amazon along so many different product lines, uh, that really establishes something. So I don't think 
there's uh, people who, who voice a concern about uh, privacy vis-a-vis uh, Amazon. I think you're exactly right that the the credibility that they have on the one click and on the financial thing is is probably unsurpassed. Uh, there is potentially an issue about how much uh, uh, private information, personal information they have about how you uh, implicit through your purchase history. But it is interesting, Tom, that that if as you said, with the patent ending today. If you're a retailer that is adding a one-click element to your to your e-commerce, I mean, obviously it's going to help you to a degree, but we're almost at a point where you're almost a little bit behind the ball in terms of the next thing in yeah, order to make job. your e-commerce point, better. The, the only way you can get into this space is you you would have to you would have to uh, uh, leapfrog. You have to come up with something else that uh, uh, that is great. It might be a better product. But it might also be a better delivery method or a better experience of interacting with uh, customers. Uh, the way c- people consume nowadays has also changed uh, to the way it has in the past. Oftentimes, we're looking for what a product does for us and for services that we get from products. We're not looking to own the products themselves anymore. And uh, I think without question, in these type of spaces uh, that are evolving so quickly, uh, you have to leapfrog. You can't be chasing. And that's, um, that's why a first mover advantage is so critical and was so valuable to Amazon. Because yeah. once you have a brand and a name, if you're just uh, staying in pace with everybody else, you're always going to be the winner. So playing uh, off. Someone else has to leapfrog you. So playing off of, uh, of something that Polk just say, uh, said a second ago, where do you think this, this one click patent kind of lives in the history? History of e-commerce. I think there's not going to be a book written about the history of e-commerce without having uh, uh, a, a good portion dedicated to uh, uh, to this, um, because I also think that it really speaks to the evolution of Amazon, and I think Amazon is really a mirror of the evolution of the entire online retail space. Great having you with us today, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you. Polk, always great to have you here. Always good to be here. Thank Thanks. you. Polk Wagner, professor of law here at the University of Pennsylvania. Tom Yeichko, who is uh, economics professor at Michigan State. He's also associate dean for graduate studies and assistant provost uh, for graduate education at Michigan State University. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.